Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 228, and today we'll be talking about Change Your Mind. I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. Now, I just I just want to say this, but no matter what I say today, I loved this episode. It was very good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm still recovering. <laughs> Emotionally. It was a doozy. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I, there are a lot of really good things about it. I mean, they, they, they hit us with everything. Yeah, I mean, considering the episode mm-hmm. we recorded hours before it actually aired, like, we were not ready for the, like, finale-level no, no, amount no. of things that would ha- actually happen <laughs> in the episode. Yeah, we weren't expecting, oh, no. like, a series finale. I mean, I, I did I did say I was worried that this episode would feel overstuffed, and it it kind of did, as series finales often do. I, I just keep thinking of the end of Sonic Sat AM, which has an almost surreal feeling to it. Because they just go they just go too awesome. <laughs> they did hit us with a lot. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that the the so the official podcast, I think I made it through all fifty minutes and they have some really 55. great insights on their decision making and writing process. It's like Rebecca Lamar and um Ben Levin on it but they never mentioned that this episode was constructed in the context of like and this is the context i almost felt it being in of like oh we made this episode in case we were never renewed for more episodes because it really had that kind of feeling of like wrapping everything up but apparently the vision is Mm -hmm. that they had this series arc and this is the episode that finishes their main arc and then they're just ready for new ideas and i don't know how many times i've seen that you, you know, forget even in television, but like in a, in a in a cartoon, especially like that, they just knew that they wanted to complete this. But it's a little weird because some of the decisions like how quickly we were introduced to and resolved White Diamond, I think are some of the like finale effect that we get. That seems weird yeah. considering mm-hmm. it didn't have to be the finale right now, but it was still great. Yeah, I was kind of blown away being like, oh, wait, there's more. There's more. What's left? <laughs> Right. Oh, there is so much. People have been compiling lists. <laughs> yes. Speaking of um, context, what I did before even writing the notes for the finale is I went all the way back to the first visual reveal of Pink Diamond that we saw in Jungle Moon and watched the show from there, which was like three hours. And it really helped like build the background and the build up for this finale because, man, nothing pulls you out of context like a five month hiatus. <laughs> and it really changed my perception of the show and some decisions. Like, bruh, escapism was a welcome relief to the, like, back-to-back hard action of, like, the past four episodes before Change Your Mind. Like, it let me sit and digest for a second before the show just, like, ripped my heart out of my nostrils. Absolutely. No, that's like the perfect mm-hmm. episode to go back to, too. Like, since Jungle Moon, we've been just racing towards this, you know, final confrontation on Homeworld. And that perspective is the perfect thing to have. Because, yeah, these hiatuses so frequently destroy <laughs> the vision that the <laughs> that the writers have of, you know, how you'll experience it. Of course, they never, you know, intend for you to just see them always in sequence, you know, immediately. But, yeah, everything's pretty much set up. Again, except for White Diamond, I feel, like, introduction, even in uh, Legs from Here to Homeworld, feels, like, very sudden. 
Like, they're like, remember how that was on the moon portrait? Well, yeah, she's real. And also, that's all we're going to say about her. And then in this episode, they said, by the way, she basically controls us. And it's really just her fault. So, and we're not, <laughs> you know. I mean, I no, no. They, that's, that's been a pretty heavy implication ever since we really, that will be all. You know, you never get the sense that yellow and blue are the leaders because they enjoy it. They they did it because it's their job. And who who could possibly be above them? Gotta be white. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wish we'd been given more time to digest white diamonds sort of influence because we she was only mentioned by name in The same episode she was introduced. Yeah, Life's from Here mm-hmm. Home. Exactly. And it was like I wanted to see more of blue and yellow's kind of fear of white. And they both are afraid of her, but they also, like, don't respect her, like, unconditionally. Like, they both kind of understand. It's like, oh, she hasn't left her own head in millennia. It's like, oh, two and a half words. That's a record. Like, they clearly don't (laughs) think she's making the best decisions, but they follow it because, like... She's the boss, and also, she's the boss. So, it was kind of, I, I wish we'd had more than just a hiatus to to process that. Like, I wanted to see the show throw more of that dynamic. Because, like, so much of the show has been drawn out. Like, a lot of plot lines, they waited a really long time. Like, fans were theorizing about it seasons in advance. And then finally, they give us a an answer. And I hear for White Diamond, like in reference of how many episodes have passed, it's just been like nothing. Yeah. And well, and they do mm-hmm. try to make up for it as much as possible because we spend like 10 minutes, basically almost an episode's length just inside the head, just mostly dialogue between Stephen and White Diamond. And then obviously the most, you know, you want to talk about an episode's long payoff, you know, seeing Stephen's gem removed. But um, <laughs> they 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 create yeah. a lot right there for White Diamond's character and really try to give us her perspective on why she thinks things. You know, her weird sense of uh, we we don't know exactly why she thinks she has the purpose that she has. We don't know if that's endowed upon her by some other grander creator or if she's just thought of it herself because she's white light. According to the Steven Universe podcast, it might be from her because she's like white light she just thinks that all gems are derivative of her and you know she expresses that talking about yellow and blue but uh you know all that character creation happens and that also feels weird when she blushes and then says well now i have a flaw so i'm deeply confused but i think yeah the series has a lot to develop on these characters which i think they're pretty much guaranteed to in the future so if this was truly the finale It'd be weird, but it's not the finale, so we have more time. Yeah, I'm just sort of thinking, like, man, I really hope that it's not all fine and dandy. Like, there's a lot of loose ends that this left behind. Mm-hmm. Do we do we really need to deal with all the politics of Homeworld? <laughs> I mean, it oh, might be oh, messy, honey. but like, we have... <laughs> honey, no, it's not just have, the politics. We have it's- so many... <laughs> newly uncorrupted gems to introduce to fry bits you know that is so much more important right but also (laughs) all the bits of shattered gems that you know white and yellow and blue left in their wake like you don't just go from being we've talked about them being genocidal and colonialists but i mean 
they killed people and then Frankensteined them together in the millions. Um, so they kind of have to deal with that. Like, I think we all... Hey, man, it's, it's <laughs> oh, year yeah. three. Yeah. Don't talk to me about era one and era two. It's era three now. Current era argument. Hmm. Yeah, okay, I have a list. I have a list of the loose ends. Um, one of them was the Shattered Gems. Are they really dead for dead? Or is, like, there a piece that we can give them? Um, gem creation. They seem to really be kind of hinting at that in in the Diamond Days, and then there's no answer to it yet. You know, like, we can assume that the Diamond Juice is put in the injectors, but... How were the diamonds made? How was white diamond made? Like, this mm-hmm. seems to be something that they want to answer and that they're gearing up to answer, and then they just didn't. The bubble throws quartzes in the human zoo. Uh, the human zoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the cluster's just chilling. You know, Steven can check in every once in a while. Um, the jade fusion. Is she okay? I'm concerned. <laughs> Specifically she her. She needs to be a regular guest star in the next season, uh, yes. How about this? The chest in Lion's Mane. That's yes. the most important one. And the rubies that are still floating in orbit around no. Earth. Well, they, no. they retrieved yeah. eyeballs, so they probably retrieved the others as well. Did yeah. they? <laughs> Did they? I mean, re- remember, yeah. Navy had the ship. She probably recovered her whole squad first, you know? It's been made very clear that they can't count. Okay, so, like, here's the thing. Like, she she knows that she needs to be able to put her hand up and look and see a ruby for every digit. Like, that doesn't involve counting, that's just matching. So, like, they thought of this. That's why they have hands. Rubies have hands because they can count up to five and no farther. (laughs) I mean, really, what use is a ruby going to have for being able to count to six? I mean, I, I, I punched at least as many enemies as I have fingers today. I lost count. After I ran out of fingers. Like, who who cares how many she punched? Did you win the fight or not? Yeah, did you get all the rubies in space? The rubies just make more. Yeah, no, that's so see, that's against exactly... against the whole message of the show, but... Okay. Right, well, that's the kind of transformation. So I think one thing we saw is that the diamonds did change their perspective on other diamonds. And they realized, because Stephen told them, uh, that, you know, family matters and their family matters. And the relationship in that family matters. But I, I don't know if, like, Stephen entirely... <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> I don't know if Stephen entirely has made them understand, like, the implications of all their actions and, like, their societal structure. Like, Blue and Yellow expressed to White that White made them sad. And they were making Pink sad. And, yeah, they healed the Corrupted Gems because that's what Stephen wanted. But... I, I, they, none of them ever talked in the context of like, oh, we're making like billions of gems really miserable. And also everything we've done is really bad. Like they kind of said that, but they said it in the context of we feel bad. Right. Because right. we've just mm-hmm. been made to do things. But the things they were made to do, they didn't call out. Who cares about the the little expendables like right. us, the diamonds, the important ones? I'm pretty sure that's not the direction the show was going for. I, I'm I'm pretty sure because Stephen was talking to him about how you're making everybody sad here, people. Stephen like, stop, was talking. Stop about making it. people sad. Stephen <laughs> mentioned the other gems they made sad. The diamonds were like us. You think, you think sad? Yellow is going to be talking to White and she's going to be like, oh yeah, White. You know, everyone here is sad. No, she's going to talk about the only people who White might care about. 
That's the diamonds. And they're not even sure she cares about them. But, like, that is their best shot. Well, also, I kind of, this just brought up a question. Like, what's the discrepancy between the diamond hierarchy and then the next up in hierarchy of Jim? Like, it goes white diamond, blue and yellow, pink diamond, and then is it like a big long gap? And then what? Like, well, it's it's like a it's like a royal court. You have the king, and then you have a whole bunch of people in his court who all have various jobs. But like, there's no, it, it, it doesn't inside that court. It doesn't arc out, and it's like there are no nobility other than the than the diamonds. They just have people who do their bidding. Yeah, but the king has like a brother, and maybe like a close friend. And an advisor. And they have they have rule. They have power uh, related to their position. I mean, the brothers in the line of succession, yes, but like he might not be politically powerful. He might not have an important job. Yeah, but I'm just wondering, like, if the diamonds were removed from the question, who's next up in the hierarchy? Like, if there probably were probably no the Hessian knights because they're the ones who control the military, who will tell everyone to do what they say. I mean, yeah, the military's always a very significant part of power struggles in any society. So yeah, probably Hess Knights, that's a good point. But like that's that's like if the diamonds were magically removed from the equation. Like it's not like first there's the diamond, then there's the Hessianite. Well, then I mean it's the... all kind of pointing to them having a beach episode where they all kind of learn a bit about each other and themselves. So they might be on a big vacation. When the diamonds at the end after Stephen refused and talked to White and all that, it panned yeah. out. And we saw Gems going, supposedly, to check what's going on. And probably to rescue them. Like, someone had to make that executive decision. Like, if you see the diamonds, like, dishing it out with each other, you know, somebody has to mm -hmm. keep Gem Society in order while they kind of figure out whatever the heck that's about. Like, that was the whole thing with, with Earth and Pink Diamond's Colony. Like, Blue was telling her, you know, you don't even have to do anything. Just sit and look pretty and your gems will handle everything for you. That's because the gems know their jobs. Yeah, who's beneath Pink who's running those executive decisions? That's my question. I, I don't know if it's totally worked out. I mean, yeah, I don't know if the show will do that or not. And also, I doubt that the uh, Diamond Authority ever went so far as to write out a constitution to explain what the line of succession was going to be anyway. But yeah, there are definitely some people telling other people what to do, and we're not exactly sure who that is. Oh man, speaking of the the, because I was just thinking, line of succession is whoever's stronger. But, oh man, the discrepancy in toughness between a diamond and anyone else. I mean, how long did Yellow have to juice anyone else we've ever seen to poof them with her power? Like a fraction of a second. How many seconds was she juicing Blue to make Blue look like? Okay, this is really starting to hurt. And then she was like sizzling after, which I thought yeah. I was, it was really funny on like the third rewatch. I was like, <laughs> what are the other gems thinking? It's like a few more minutes of this and I might be in real trouble. That's, that's what blue looks like after several seconds of, you know, yellow, you know, destabilization zap. Yeah. And like Steven had the whole chance to throw his, his shield. So <laughs> yeah. And the power <laughs> discrepancy between white diamond and the other diamonds, they didn't stand a chance. Zero chance. None. Until mm -mm. The, the, the pink Stephen thing happened, which I still don't totally understand. 
Well, they explained it in the podcast as that is his magical half. You know, like he has no, that half has no humanity. It's just gem magic in a Steven shape. Yes. And I guess that's, that's why Mm -hmm. it is so strong. It is just untamed gem magic. So what, what, what would, what makes pink Steven so much more powerful than pink diamond? Well, I don't think he's more powerful than Pink Diamond. Remember, he was willing to do things that would hurt the other gems. Steven's not willing to do that. Right. I mean, Steven's human half uh, sort of inhibits him in the choices he makes. Like, Steven's not going to go all powerful because he doesn't want to hurt people. But also, like, Pink, Pink Diamond's power is no. that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like, his power is inherited from his courts, like, is protection. So, like, even though that may be able to block out you know like white diamonds influence i don't know if that makes him like so much more powerful than any of the other diamonds it's just that he could block it so you know i don't think that we saw anything like unbelievably powerful uh except for maybe that yell which was pretty cool <laughs> but uh, the yell was so good like all the memes aside like the memes were immediate about the yell. <laughs> yes but mm-hmm. in the Ooh. in the moment on the first watch I was absolutely like demolished physically <laughs> and emotionally. Like yeah, that was I was like a whoa. Yeah, like more than just a whoa. Like I like backed up in my seat and was like afraid. And that was more of an emotional reaction even than uh when White kinda took over the crystal gems and that freaky music that was playing in the background Ugh. and Pearl's freaking head swivel. Like, why did Steven not try to block? I mean, okay, I'll give you Amethyst being taken out as a surprise attack. I I might even give you Garnet because it's like, okay, what are the odds that she chooses to do that again? But like, you really should have tried to block for Pearl, Steven. Like, you, you, you didn't even try to get your shield out. You just watched. I think the shock, because I was shocked. I was very shocked. She had already demonstrated this power, though, and that she was willing to do it against those he loved and that she liked. Bro, but it's a very scary power that you don't really understand. Oh, yeah, that's a disturbing power, but... Mm. Oh, God. Like, I always appraise media that gets an emotional reaction out of me, like, especially a really strong one, and holy crap, was this, especially the in the white head, in white's head, those those shots and scenes and bits like just had me completely decimated <laughs> i mean it's where we got the biggest you know the biggest payoffs ever like ever since we got yeah. introduced to rose courts we've been questioning i know i've been questioning like is she really there ever since pearl all the way back in the day you know asked steven if he had any of rose's memories and now Way later in the series, we've seen Steven experience Pink Diamond. I mean, I know I was hanging on when White Diamond was convinced that Pink was waiting in there, and it was just a mirror gem type situation where just the gem just decided to be embedded in some object. Like, I was wondering, is this going to be it? Are they really going to bring her back? And like that tension was just like so incredible in in yeah. waiting for I that. Mean, I think we have an, an even older question of what happened if pull gem out because we've all been kind of theorizing about that and we all kept on saying oh it's not going to happen like it would be too gruesome and it would most definitely probably be- bring Rose back which would totally go against the theme of the show and I remember really offhandedly 
not really believing myself when I said it, saying something like, the gem, if it wouldn't come back as Rose, it would be, like, messed up, like, corrupted somehow, which is, I guess, closer to what ended up happening than, of course, Rose just pops out. Like, we kept on talking about how Steven's human body is affected by the gem, but we never considered how the gem was affected by Steven's human body, and how it kind of turned into him in more than just mm. got stuck inside. Right. Well, and I think part of that is that we just don't understand how Rose even transformed into this, like, after she decided to be embedded with Steven in the body that she was herself making, like, how did this form end up getting cut off? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, when you wipe your hard drive, like, you didn't really delete it, you, like, maybe corrupted some of the data maybe got rid of some of it but if you really dig deep in there like there is a lot of the stuff is still left like i think that's kind of what rose did she like wiped her hard drive her gem to like base form and then put it like back to factory settings essentially put it in this human baby and then the gem rebooted in human mode in steven mode and grew and developed with steven and then when removed from the human vessel was like well, obviously, I'm still going to be Steven. Yeah, it is interesting, though, that like Steven, like, obviously, when we look at human Steven, we think that's the real Steven. And we look at the gem and say, that's like a gem and they're separate. And I think part of what made it feel separate is that Steven's body is ultra dependent, right? Like he looks like he's sick and dying without it. But the gem looks mm -hmm. like it could go on without him, which kind of makes us feel like they're not the same person, even though they're kind of supposed to be. I think it would kind of be like Pearl's Hollow Pearl if Steven's body just went into organ failure due to being separated <laughs> from uh -huh. the gem. Like, we just have Pink Steven just sort of sitting there. Just stands there fighting random passersby? No, I don't think he'd be fighting. I think he'd just be sort of standing there. With a sheet over him? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> just shouting, she's gone. Oh, God. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pretty like seismic two earthquakes but you know talking about you said white diamond you know she was so certain that she was going to pull that and pink would come out i mean we all were holy crap up until the end yeah she she mentioned the haven't you been you know seeing her memories basically and then there was a you see her face at the end of his his flashback to the to the kyanite colony aliens at the beginning of the episode yeah like the mm -hmm. the, 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 the cycle-y thing the worms has she been, like, in his mind at other points in the episode? Yeah. I mean, that's a whole part of her power White set we don't know. White seems to know a whole lot more than you'd think she would, even if she had eyes all over Homeworld. Like, she knows a lot more about what a human child is yeah, and what a mom is. No, I mean, she actually, she's the first diamond that says out loud that Steven is, like, half human. Like, she actually understands what that is, whereas we weren't really sure if yellow or blue actually understood what steven was i think they they don't they didn't even seem to understand that he was organic because they weren't they were surprised yeah, by like the idea food? that he had to eat right but right? Like, white like they kept knows. on thinking that it was rose just banged a human and lost all her memories and turned <laughs> into this weird looking halfling sort of thing that goes by a different name and pronouns that they still can't grasp Despite maybe getting the name right a couple times. But yeah, like, White, of all diamonds, understood, A, that he was yeah. human. 
be that he was a child. Like that's a, it's a more in depth idea than even being organic, and it and it kind of is like okay, well I guess she knows about that. Like yeah. I don't know. It adds to her mystery though. Yeah, that whole con confrontation was really interesting though. I I was surprised in the podcast they did not mention anything at all about this, but I noticed that she literally projects herself onto other gems. But she also does what is called psychological projection. Like, she just imagines that, oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, I surround myself with lesser gems so I can be better than all of them. And that, therefore, must be what you're doing with your friends there, there Pink. I'm, I'm projecting my behaviors onto you and assuming you are a little copy of me. Yeah, the, like, reverse psychoanalyzing to try and turn it on Steven, which I might get further into in the minute but i mean i think that tells us a lot about her like she is really uptight about her imperfection there and so makes has even less perfect gems to be better than yeah she's supposed to be top dog absolutely incapable of failure you know, she she has a very funny villainous breakdown with a diss straight from the pilot what's your excuse yeah that was mm -hmm. something well, if I was a diamond, I wouldn't be hanging out with you. I loved, I mean, I loved that pilot. So calling back to that was just awesome. But <laughs> yeah, I agree that like that being the ultimate resolution of the conflict, it felt like we needed to understand more about the severity. Like we just met White Diamond. and Like we now understood like what she cared about personality wise and perfection. So I get that like her having a reaction and showing pink light means that she'd realize something was wrong with her. And if this was the first time and she was already really confused because of like finding out about Steven, then I get that she broke down. But even when people are confused, it feels like it's a stretch to then go from I'm confused to I'll let Steven just tell me exactly what to believe, which is what happened. Well, remember, she had just been proven like disastrously wrong about the whole pink diamond situation. And then she exposes her flaw, or like, she had already mentioned that she repressed the pink within herself, but, you know, that, then to just show that, like, to fail like that, I, I mean, I guess they, it's okay enough, I guess. I'll give them White's sudden face turn. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to go into more about what I liked about the finale before I really dug into this, <laughs> but obviously since we're talking about it, something that I've seen people kind of mention and talk about about that specific thing and about white diamonds kind of change of mind <laughs> is that it's really easy to take the message that steven and i guess yellow and blue are sort of like her children and she's like the parent and there's a lot of parallels between kids and parents that we see, like, literally directly related to Connie. Connie being like, well, my mom had really strict rules, and we <sighs> talked about it, and it's okay now. Can, and can, I, can I have a parenthetical here? Like, Connie, that is not what happened. That was, that was another time where your mother was proven wrong, disastrously wrong, actually, about what was going on and whether that rule was even a good one to begin with. Like, Connie just saved your butt by breaking that rule. Good, good thing she had been breaking that rule all that time. Yeah, and so... It's really easy to put the the roles in there, the parallels that the show is drawing that, you know, the, the white diamond is the be-all, 
authority figure, the the parent, the caregiver, the diamond progenitor, you know, whatever. And the message that people have been kind of taking out of this, and one that I can kind of understand, is that you, the child, the victim, whatever, can change the mind of your toxic parents if you just try hard enough. Which is, of course, not the best message. And I don't think it's the one the show creators were going for, but it's definitely one that's there and easy to take out of it, which I don't know. Like, I kind of want to send some some tweets out being like, hey, what's can you elaborate on this message you're sending about, you know, you can change anyone's mind, even people who have unconditional power over you. If you just, you know, try hard enough and it kind of puts the responsibility of fixing the relationship to the person who's been the victim the whole time. Well, I I saw somebody mention that and I can't remember everything that they mentioned. But one thing they did mention is that if you're going to have something where the abusive parent uh, changes their mind and decides to start trying to be a good parent, like it's a really good thing to have Steven be a super powerful person who can basically force them to listen. Because I don't I don't think that your ordinary child is going to have the ability to put up like a spiky bubble shield to protect themselves from an abusive parent trying to do whatever the heck you want to analogize the eye laser as. Which, I mean, a lot of parents, when their kids are little, will use physical force. And when the kids are older, they use financial or legal um, things if they're still under 18. So there's definitely parallels. I guess the analogy there would be once the child finally grows up and is no longer beholden to this parent. Yeah, but that's the sort of thing. Like, you need to develop your own self-sustainability and it's... The solution isn't to change their mind, it's to get as far away from them as possible. Because <laughs> yeah. in the reality, caregivers like that do not change their minds that easily. Like, you could do a whole dance number with your alternate identity animated by James Baxter himself right in front of their eyes, and it <laughs> doesn't matter. It does it will never ever be enough you can I mean, freaking summon lightning from the sky itself saying what you're doing is wrong you need to stop and they won't because that's kind of how deeply the psychological issues of toxic people goes you really should listen to the podcast i know i should have and i didn't realize there was one and i regret because it like you know, be- before this episode, everyone was like, oh, you know, I can't believe they're saying that you can peacefully change the mind of a dictator. If you try to do that, you'll just end up shot or in prison. It'll never work. And, you know, now after this, it's like, oh, it was actually abusive families that they're talking about. Well, it turns out that's wrong, too, because of, you know, every everything you said, which is true. But, like, it, it, the inspiration for White Diamond and therefore for Homeworld, Ms. Sugar said was a Disney movie, uh, you know, a little educational movie, not like Snow White or anything, but just a here's how to act as an appropriate young woman about menstruation. And the the part that really (laughs) stuck with her was like, there are going to be... 
The yes. freaking colossal two-story tampon that they need for White Diamond. Anyway, continue. But, you know, so... <laughs> The, the part that really stuck with Miss Sugar was like, oh, there are going to be, you know, times when you're you're in great pain, you, you know, just and it shows the girl sobbing in front of the her little mirror. But but basically, you have to pull yourself together and be pleasant to be around. And it shows, well, they have the one girl there sitting there all sad in reality, like her reflection is off, you know, having having a having a good time and being pleasant to be around. And it's like, that's, that's, that's homeworld. Doesn't matter how much you hurt inside, you have to pretend everything is okay. So like, as, as Topaz said, as Yellow showed and then explained, just, it doesn't matter how miserable you are. You have to pretend everything's fine. You have to do your job. And the whole point of breaking that down was like, no, you don't, everything doesn't have to be perfect. Right, and I, like you, you like, cannot be miserable. The show did the, the, give us examples of toxic people that got left behind, though, right? Like, we had Sour Cream's dad, who obviously, you know, mm-hmm. we realized distance was the only thing that was going to work. And even with Kevin, like, Kevin's mind doesn't get changed. He's just a loser. He kind of realizes <laughs> he's a loser, but... He fights very hard against that perception. And so I agree, like, they, you know, the White Diamond could have been another person that they distanced themselves from. But this is just part of that fantasy that Rebecca Sugar kind of wanted, where most of the evil people aren't really evil. And in this case, White Diamond is, although we're not exactly sure why, really trying to keep up appearances. I mean, I think that's kind of how it works, because you can't have people shouting objective facts in your face and be able to dismiss them if you don't hold really solid misconceptions about yourself. Like... You can't have your quote-unquote loved ones coming up to you and saying, the things you do hurt me, and then you just be able to shrug them off unless you have those misconceptions that you're perfect and they're flawed. Because if you're perfect and they're flawed, of course that whatever they're saying is wrong. And you're right. Like, you can twist any logic if you have that kind of mentality about you, that you are incapable of failure. And so, the, because I feel like the character of White Diamond, because, you know, we, we had a Marty and Kevin, like, they're losers, and you're going to encounter losers throughout your life, and you just need to ditch them at the curb, because they're not worth your time. But the idea that there are some people who hold immense amounts of power and influence and authority over you, who are also bad, and you can't just leave them at the curb, because they will bring you back because they don't want to give up their power over you. They get like a sort of power trip over feeling so superior over you. So well, I mean, Jasper, that right? That's, that's Jasper right, exactly. in the Jasper, show. And she's Jasper not redeemed. Jasper made the same argument as right. White Diamond. You surround yourself with failure to feel good about yourself. Yeah, and so I think Jasper is how the show has already put forth that. I mean, again, I think the show doesn't want this truly, although it's a useful lesson for children, that they're not trying to show any character that's just purely evil. Because even in the real world, for the most part, even though we should distance ourselves from people who are truly awful to us and who are not going to be redeemed anytime soon, those people have reasons for why they have become, you know, so awful or torturous or whatever. That's And even though that doesn't mean we Mm -hmm. have to be near them or have to change their minds, in the case of the show there's you know just trying to introduce that hope but i mean jasper besides you know kind of realizing that she probably shouldn't be attacking anyone in the hot spring like she's still 
Otherwise, as any other time we saw her, never understood the lesson. But we did understand why she came to it. But st- And, you know, even Amethyst, you know, forgave her in a way and called her sister when she bubbled her, which is probably nicer than we would do for the horrible people in our lives. But, you know, I think the show wants to imagine, and maybe the hope is stronger than could exist in reality, but imagine how great it could be if we could turn the minds of some of those people. And I think you get to do that when you're a cartoon and you and you just want to be hopeful for once, which is what Steven Universe is really about. And hopefully kids don't walk away thinking they need to keep. And I agree, that's it walks a line because you don't want kids to grow up and think, oh, well, I'm, I got to keep trying and stay near people, which is kind of what Steven does. But Steven does reject pretty immediately people like Kevin in his life. Uh, he must have felt because of the family nature of the diamonds before that it was worth pursuing this because he, he did pursue Marty or Kevin or and, and really he gives up on Jasper. I mean, he kind of tells Am- he's that whole arc with Amethyst. He's trying to get Amethyst out of her head and away from Jasper, you know, and he as far as I can remember, right, Stephen doesn't really ever push to like change Jasper's mind. He pretty much just rejects her, attacks her and tries to defend her against Amethyst. And he puts Amethyst first. And so I think that demonstrates that a little better. I think the biggest difference between Jasper and White Diamond is that Jasper is in a way the victim as well. She's like the model sibling, the one who does everything right, the one that everyone else is always compared to, and the one who internalizes that and kind of projects her superiority on others in order to like avoid the wrath of the parents sort of like it's like a real dynamic that they have in psychology with really messed up family dynamics they have the perfect sibling and sometimes the perfect which sibling is the perfect sibling will change but obviously in this case jasper is the model citizen and she internalizes that completely because it's how she survives and so i can definitely see amethyst seeing that in her and wanting her to understand that she doesn't need to do that anymore and kind of feeling that that sympathy that jasper isn't attacking others because she gets a power kick out of it she's doing it because she has no other choice because she feels just as insecure as amethyst does but has the power and the resources to make others feel bad about it so she can avoid it and like She's the victim of the society that she lives in, but who is White Diamond the victim of? Like, <laughs> I mean, ideology, maybe. Hmm. I mean, ultimately, well, she made it up. That's true. I mean, unlike unless we do find another source, sometimes there isn't another source. But I guess also another way to relate it to life is that you know most of the time your parental figure or these other people in your lives are not going to have as much power as White Diamond has. I mean, those like truly evil historical figures, like a Hitler type person maybe matches up more with White Diamond and that, like, supreme power that just feels awful for them to wield. Whereas, like, you can imagine even your own parent might be from a cycle of abuse that didn't just start at them, you know? And so you can imagine them as sympathetic, even though you want to be separate. Yeah. Yeah, and, and with White, like, the power, she exhibits both physical power, like, she, like, physically forces other gems to her will. And she also pulls the the manipulation thing, which is definitely reflective of tactics that, you know, abusive parents will use. They will, like, physically lock you somewhere, physically force you to go somewhere when you're small, when you're a little kid. 
but they will also like it, it you can lock someone up as much as you want but eventually they'll be able to wiggle free unless they think they're in the wrong already and you have them tied up more than just physically but mentally as well so we saw white diamond using that she was using like that reverse psychology on steven not reverse psychology like psychoanalyzing him is like right. a counter tactic we had like the just the constant belittlement you know like if you make them have such a horrible sense of self-worth they're not gonna have the gumption to want to get out so that that i i did appreciate that kind of but that's the thing like it was really real white diamonds like really toxic control over her family and then they completely flipped it and said she could just change her mind like that which which felt like really weird yeah. i don't know like like they suddenly flipped the realism like the these really hard parallels with nasty family structures and then suddenly taking on this like idealistic idea like it's more possible like it, it's more possible in real life to be able to overcome them not by changing their mind but like they die one <laughs> like i'm not saying you kill them but the, they are they their existence is over or legally you know there are ways to overcome them in that sense yeah besides just running away but you, changing their mind i feel like is even less likely i it is surprising that you know with jasper she it, it made sense that her resolution was that she got poofed and bubbled. And it is a little surprising that they decided to go the route of having White Diamond fully participate. Well, because she had to, really. They needed her for the, her corruption healing power, which they couldn't have had. They could have bubbled her and then, like, I don't know, stuck it in the pond but kept it bubbled. So, like, the I mean, juice maybe. is still there. Like, how long does it take a diamond to reform? Just have it soak for a while, like the dishes in the sink right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if her own embarrassment could have poofed her. But that would have been pretty extreme. How do you propose poofing White Diamond? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, massive diamond-on-diamond diamond fusion that, like, busts a hole symbolically and physically through White Diamond's head. And <laughs> I mean, Bismuth thought she could crack their gems with just, like, a pointy end of a stick, you know? So, we don't know. Oh my god, the breaking point would be, like, the size of her fingernail. <laughs> Oh, speaking yeah. of her fingernails, oh my god, like, as much as I'm really apprehensive about all of White Diamond's development, like, everything about her design and animation blew me away. Like, Creepy. even her in the hot tub, like, kind of smiling awkwardly <laughs> was just so good. I loved it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it was interesting to see her actually taken out of the room because she looks so weird. Just standing on the beach and, and in the pool because she just doesn't belong in Steven's world. Like, she's just in such stark contrast to everything else. It's very strange. Um, so how about those new fusions? What did y'all think of them? <laughs> there oh, were I've a, been a lot. waiting for this. Which mm. was your favorite? Oh, you can't <sighs> ask me that. You can't ask me that. They're they're <laughs> wonderful, but I I think the only... I think the only one I can call my favorite is my no, my fiery, screamy, oh. angry girl. Yeah, no, I vote with GC. Mm. I was waiting to see Obsidian? that, and um, I'm I. That's really the only fusion I cared about left seeing is we needed to see the temple fusion. 
Yeah. Rainbow 2.0 was fantastic, but Obsidian yeah. was just magical. I want to see her throw down with something her size. I want her to rebuild the temple. I want to put that sword. <laughs> I, where was the sword? Like, all the hands are sort of being held out angelically. Like, none of them are grasping some hilt. Yeah, like, where would that sword? sword have been originally? Maybe they rebuilt it after the sword fell off to have the hands doing something else. Ah, so they don't just leave it lying around when something breaks. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I think the only reason it wasn't fixed is because Pearl isn't strong enough to lift the sword by herself. So it had to just stay there. Right, because no one else was going to help her. Yeah, Obsidian was great. We were all expecting like this pastel, heavenly goddess. I don't know goddess. why no, we I got was expecting <laughs> that, but like it's Obsidian. Obviously, she's going to be black and fiery. Well, Ob- we didn't why, know why it was Obsidian until the yes, last we did. second. No, it was in the it was in the art book. I'm like, okay, okay. The Sunstone failed. The only thing you have left is Obsidian. Let's see it. Wait, 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 wait. They mentioned the Temple Obsidian in the art book. The Obsidian, it's called the Obsidian Temple in the art book. Yeah. I think it's called the Obsidian Temple somewhere. They mentioned it. It's somewhere. In no, that was the... We knew... Well, I think it was Ronaldo's book? Maybe. Bottom line is, we knew she was called Obsidian. You did. I didn't. <laughs> I heard Garnet say Obsidian, and I was, like, clutching my pearls. <laughs> Oh, that's not the best phrase for this, is it? No, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, would, I, I, would, I would always hold my pearls tight if I had any. I mean, I just, the fusions was such like a breath of fresh air in the middle of this horrifying series of events that was happening. But something that I want to draw attention to that I don't see a lot of people talking about is the music when Steven just brought up his shield to like skateboard down the pipes was like, we are the crystal gem, but like made all action-y. And I noticed it the very first time I watched it and was like, holy crap, this is really nice. Like it really made it feel like the finale, not just like some random action scene. Right. It brings them into the actual, um, you know, fusing scene and just all that emotion just builds up so much more. Because not only are we seeing the new fusions and we have the crystal gem music playing, but it's like a culmination of recognizing Steven's relationship being way past just healed with the gems, but they are like a true team and family. And, uh, you know, the yeah, fact that like, he can just fuse mm-hmm. with them when they're not even, uh, he didn't invite <laughs> Lapis or Peridot or Bismuth into that fusion. Like it was immediately OG crystal yeah, gem. What was, the, mm-hmm. what was the point of them even being there? That, yeah, sure. They showed up and they momentarily, they, they brought the arm ships. They momentarily disabled the body ship. But like it's like okay, guys, it's time to fuse. We're just gonna we're just gonna step back and let you guys take care of this. It's like well, not okay. even Bismuth wants in on that. <laughs> I mean, Peridot flew around yeah. on her trash can. That's a lot to ask of at least Peridot and Lapis's first. Fusion. Yeah, I know. Like, but like Bismuth <laughs> should have been in there. She really should have. But... I don't think. I think the big point was that they needed a fusion that was going to be big, but also not going to fall apart at the yeah, first like, summer. Again, conflict but really what do, what does Biz, what does bismuth do especially she doesn't really do much Lapis she gives connie her new sword <laughs> Ooh, thank yeah. you yeah but like I, they just don't really serve much of a story purpose and i kind of i mean they, they have to they have to be in here because this is like basically the series finale so they have to be there but like from a story perspective i really wish they weren't right i mean uh, they didn't feel a total way to bring them in whereas 
they, you know, especially in the podcast, they talked about how they needed to consider bringing Connie into the story and making sure that she was important, which is why even in, you know, in White Diamond's own head, Connie had to, you know, tell her her own piece. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, it's fine. We got their designs, except Bismuth didn't even have a new design. So that makes her inclusion feel even less like important because at least we were waiting to see Peridot and Lapis. Well, she like exists. Well, she, she got to uppercut and upper crust. That's true. Um, also, I was absolutely drooling over uh, Lapis's parachute pants and <laughs> in the gold. Like, don't get me wrong, Peridot's outfit is perfect for her. Like, it's so yeah. all over the place and a combination of all the crystal gems, but Lapis's was like... I mean, people mm. have been doing the drill that will pierce the cluster for, like, ever, and now, now they're living it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that the real purpose for Lapis's entire outfit is just to make cosplayers more comfortable. I think that's just <laughs> so thoughtful of the crew that now both Peridot and Lapis have shoes and Lapis has loose-fitting pants. I think that is just hilarious when they brought and that up. the gold? Let's yeah. not forget the golden outfit. Well, after all the good. fan art of like having Lapis with like golden freckles, which always seemed like, you know just waiting to be represented in the show. I'm glad they put it in the band. So Yes. And and people have made Lapis blush gold. Which feels like I mean, no? she doesn't, but Yeah, like yeah. like even kind of functionally that would be weird. But um <laughs> yeah, I I love it. I love it. Blue and gold has always been one of my favorite color combinations, so I'm especially susceptible. Peridot just looks great all over the place. No sense of style. It's perfect for her. <laughs> I am concerned about in future episodes between like Peridot and Garnet's visors. They like felt oh. so distracting actually looking at them. I love like, Peridot and those being but... constantly animated because her, just... her, the tips of her visors stick out from the sides of her head. Right. I'm just saying a lot. Because yeah. her head is like the size of her body. Garnet's visor is bad. I don't like Garnet's. Yeah, I think Garnet's is too distracting, even more so than Peridot's, but. Peridot's is perfect. It It is yeah. so her. I loved Garnet's sort of, like, tux that we saw. Like, it, it, it still looked like her wedding outfit. Like, her new form looked a little bit like her wedding outfit, which I really liked. Pearl's jacket and mom jeans. Uh, <laughs> well, everyone's got jeans now, right? Does even Garnet have, yeah. like, pants on now? Which is apparently, that's like, I didn't even realize it, but that's like, Team because uniform. they've been influenced by Steven. But yeah, team uniform stars. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. So between the jeans, the stars, and even the gold color, the gold color is also right, mainly coming from Steven. and that's kind of been added through Peridot's visor. And uh, well, Pearl and Garnet don't really have it, but that's kind of like a team. There's like a Pearl team has the yellow star in her back. On. Yeah, that's right. She does. Well, she's always had the yellow yeah. too because she had the. Uh, I love like yeah. the kind of clear influence she took from her bad pearl persona. Yes, yeah. like oh. she's like, I am down mm. and I'm ready to first off mentioned. take on the mom role 110, percent but also hit the human scene. No, yeah, the suggestion is <laughs> which that was she's just really a lovely little that. implication. Yeah, like she's been on, she's been on the prowl ever since. Like all those phone numbers in her head. <laughs> she's single and ready to mingle i'm so down with the idea that those are older than um mystery girl and she just has random humans hitting on her and she is completely oblivious to it <laughs> and they hand her these pieces of paper with numbers on them and she's like well i'm not gonna throw it away 
I think she's become <laughs> less oblivious now. Well, she has them categorized up by the phones, so it's probably, they're probably categorized as phone numbers, so that she knows what they are now. Now. But I would like to think before, she was just this, like, this this heartbreaker. <laughs> and none the wiser about it. Oh yeah, I gave this girl my number and I never heard back from her. This is, un- this is not normal. I'm sorry, that got real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. Okay, yeah, this was something that I was thinking about and I just confirmed it. Rainbow 2.0, I was listening to it and first of all, I loved their voice. But I was like, is this the first of Steven's fusions that's voiced by a male voice actor? And I kind of liked that, actually. You you know, they didn't mention it as being on the podcast, but like as soon as I saw Rainbow 2.0, I'm like, that is so the Doctor. You cannot tell me that it's not supposed to be from Doctor Who. It's Taco from the Adventure Zone. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like the rainbow, I didn't. I didn't see them fly down with a TARDIS. Like there was a, a an umbrella there. But that um, is one of the goofier iterations of the Doctor. You cannot tell me that that would not be a perfect Doctor Who incarnation. Somebody on the character design team listens to the Adventure Zone. You can't convince me otherwise. Also, the name of the voice actor for Rainbow Two Point is Alistair, which just perfectly fits King it. Alistair. Like, yeah, and I and I loved their dynamic. Like, Rainbow 1.0 was such like a seductress sexist Such an sort 80s of, girl. Yeah, like definitely mm-hmm. trying to pull some some heartstrings there versus Rainbow 2.0 is just silly and extremely dramatic. Which is good. I, I love that about Pearl and Steven's relationship and what it says about it. They are both very different. Like, Steven is so much different from the persona his mother was putting forward at that time, and Pearl has changed a lot. So, yeah, like, Rainbow is probably the single greatest change of all the fusions. Well, he did try and do... He did, like, pull the ballerina pose as he was flying towards Pearl. (laughs) I think that was a nod to Pearl, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he was trying to be like, I need to fuse with Pearl, like, I need to sync. You have to her. synchronize with their dancing, yeah. Obviously, he learned that first first episode Fusion was introduced. Oh, but Sunstone, man. <laughs> yeah. I like how, <laughs> I, I know we keep referencing the podcast, but, like, the, the crew apparently, like, many people were like, or whoever the actual character designer was when Rebecca handed over the, the sketch, and they were just like, so where's what? What's the final face gonna be? And Rebecca's just like, no, that is the that's the final face. <laughs> it's a cartoon, people. Like I just think Believe that's hilarious. Um, I don't know how I feel about the fourth wall breaking nature that we've already had with Sardonyx and now continues. It's like future vision is already bad enough, but having like Garnet's fusions think that re- like realize that they're on a television show is 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 just too much for me. But, I mean, the show has had Uncle Grandpa on it, so... I mean, Garnet was the only one in, say, Uncle, who knew that it was a, a cartoon episode, so... I mean, she okay. just brings that with her, I guess. Well, I felt like uh, Sunstone's fourth wall breaking was a lot more organic. Always like, it, like Sunstone yourself. feels like a high school dare mascot. <laughs> true yeah. and true. Like, I was totally expecting them to just turn to the camera after saying, you know, telling it all about bullies. Also be like, don't do drugs. Like, that would have formed seamlessly into their character. 
And I would never have been like, oh, haha, it's a fourth wall break. Like, I was totally buying this being completely in character for that fusion. Oh, no. I mean, I, I agree know. that it's in character. Mm. It's just funny how the same character that brings up problematic ideas with future vision also problematically brings up, you know, the idea that, like, every time they say a line like that, do they act like are they actually meta aware is it just a line that gets said is all the singing in the show actually singing you know i'll never know <laughs> it's fine i feel like this is more like crisis sunstone thinks that they are a high school dare mascot right. not so much that garnet can see into the fourth wall and more like that's just the persona that they want oh to no on. totally and you can use that even to explain sardonyx's mm. behavior i mean you can just say that they're Talking to an imaginary fourth wall. Sardonyx wishes she was a talk show host. Right. <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't want a Jorge in their life, really? Oh my god. Um, I mean, Jorge will take care of anything. I mean, Sardonyx did make the, 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 the mention of Nicki Minaj. Which is like, more fourth wall breaking <laughs> than simply turning to the camera and being like, don't do drugs. Right, well, I mean, those clips were, like, explicitly marked as belonging to Cartoon Network, so that's a little bit harder, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I remember that! Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, we, we got a lot of fusions. Obsidian was definitely my favorite, just because, oh, the music that was playing while she was doing her thing. It's like, oh, shadows, Shadow of the Colossus, like, right here, right now. <laughs> okay, but the best, one of the best jokes in... That was paired up being like, they're huge! In total, uh, <laughs> and then the, just so the exciting. giant foot that, oh, yeah. like, the heel yep. alone towers over them. Yeah. Was such a great little juxtaposition. I loved it. Obsidian mm -hmm. is, like, literally as big as the ship's knee. No. Well, is the knee by itself, like, not knee height. Yeah. Yeah. Just the knee. Yeah. Just the knee. No, I mean, not up to the knee. Like, you know, the whole if your hand is bigger than your face, blah, 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 blah. Like, Obsidian seems to be the size of the hand of the ship. Does that make sense? Because when yeah. she was sitting, clinging to uh, the face of the, the mecha monster, it seemed like hand-sized. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's just, ah, face full of, face full of giant woman. Yeah, I mean, Peridot did it to Blue Diamond. I mean, why not see it again? <laughs> it's very funny. Yep. And she launched herself with perfect accuracy. Of course you did, Peridot. Um, let's talk about the flashback at the very beginning of the episode. I like how we've worked our way all the way backwards. <laughs> well, I was going to mention yeah. that first, but we just jumped right into the meat of it. <laughs> what was that? Like, I think it can be gathered that Pink collected a couple organics from a colony and let them loose in the ballroom. And that was the big embarrassment? Well, the, the, they were brought back as pets by Blue because Pink wanted them. And then uh, Pink loosed them just like Jasmine did in Aladdin because she wanted them to be free. Yes. And that was the big embarrassment? Yep. Yeah, because did you see those things? Why would that result in Pink losing her pearl? <laughs> well, that didn't. But she kept up with those kinds of antics. And that's what made her lose her pearl. So, no, no, no. But <sighs> was... <sighs> pearl involved like was pearl enabling pink or was pink using pearl? well she was enabling her in that she's a silly little pearl for a silly little diamond and they they decided to give her a more stodgy serious pearl 
uh, yeah, in exchange. Nice job. <laughs> Congratulations. That worked so well. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really bad idea in retrospect. Literally the catalyst for all of this happening. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely an interesting gap in story there. Like, we don't really have the motivation for, like, why White Pearl's eye is gone or anything. All we have is yeah, that, didn't come back. that we know for sure that she was taken away from Pink Diamond and that our Pearl was introduced. We even know uh, there might be is a suggestion that Pink Diamond, after she got her Pearl away, kind of decided to shape up and follow the rules a little, which is why she was finally actually colonizing the planet with her new Pearl. But obviously she still turned against it in the end. Well, no, according to, well, Pearl said that, that might have been part of her cover story when she said that she was only a few thousand years old when she started following Rose Quartz. But if that's also true, if she had been pinks for a few thousand years before the Earth colony. I mean, that could be the amount of time needed to shape up and do it. Pearl mentions it twice, that she was a few thousand years old when she and Pink got together, essentially. I remember she said that she had been given to her to make her happy. She just never could, but can't remember what else she, she w- said. Yeah, she wasn't part. made for her. So it kind of puts on the implication that Pearl existed before she was assigned to Pink Diamond and did other things. Whether or not it was be White Diamond's Pearl, I don't think is true. No, because it seems like Pearl would have, you know, one, recognized White Diamond, to probably have said something but it's crazy because she you know she's a white looking gem and she's got a forehead gem she's very pale they well it would make sense from what we know that they would make a gem in that like that like you you made a pink gem with a belly gem just like pink and that was an awful pearl so let's do the opposite let's make a white gem with a forehead gem much more sensible maybe it was a pearl from white's court I don't know, that didn't Joe Johnston say that Pearl was made specifically for Pink? Yeah, which is another thing. Unless thousands of years passed. I mean, why are we saying that thousands of years couldn't have passed between, you know, her having her Pearl taken away, Pink Diamond having her Pearl taken away, and then the Earth Colony happening? I mean, how long did she even watch over that Earth Colony project before she decided to become Rose Quartz? I really liked the messages that they had in this and how it all ties around the central message of the show which is love like something garnet said verbatim in your mother and mine i think was the episode that really comes true or shows true in this episode is that being unusual is not something to fear but something to celebrate which is like steven says basically in his pork chop metaphor to yellow definitely that steven is steven from toe to tip and no amount of gem popping will change that. Definitely something that compassion and silliness and fun isn't a sin. It's not a weakness. And it's a strength. Like it's good for you to not take yourself seriously and to have a good time and enjoy life. It's good, yeah, it's good for you to be happy. What a, what a concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like in the whole gem thing, it's like I wasn't made to be happy. But I find it hard to work when I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. And then another one was, in order to fix it, we'd have to admit that it's broken, which is what Blue said, which is definitely something that, the, the at least for Yellow and Blue, they definitely had to understand the mistakes that they've made 
for them to change. They changed rather quickly, which I can understand in the time constraints of the show. Like, I kind of wish this was like a, you know, an hour and a half long movie almost to really put the time into it. Although I don't know how the pacing would have worked out, but yeah, they, they changed their minds quite quickly, but it did really push that message through. The music was so good. It really was incredible. It's mm-hmm. a shame that Ivy and Sarasha don't have the SoundCloud anymore because this episode brought out so many unique tracks. Uh, they even had the time to even kind of use motifs that were repeated, like uh, the heartfelt conversation. I think that uh, Blue and Yellow have has a certain theme going on that gets reintroduced when they go to talk to White Diamond. So having enough time in an episode to actually introduce a theme and mi- mix it up doesn't always happen but man there were so many tracks some of the most intense tracks we've had obviously tons of alien sounding tracks fusion tracks uh you know i don't i couldn't even count how many different tracks they had so yeah we really need that album like now since like the first part of the series is over we need that background music album i felt the same thing about the music as kind of how the James Baxter animation was where they pulled in a really high production quality. Like this felt like triple A movie music going on. Like this wasn't, you know, a couple really good indie artists making some background music for characters that fit their personality. Like this was big name orchestra (laughs) that was playing like the, the music that was playing when, obsidian was climbing up the diamond ship was just oh amazing i know i already said it but i loved that so much yeah like the music just it felt like a step above in quality of what the music we get in the show and that's not to say that the music in the show isn't already fantastic but it felt like this the same thing that they brought in james baxter like i feel like they brought in some big name composers to get this track. I don't know. I mean, I think it was just Ivy and Sarashu, but I think they just, it's also when there's so many new situations for the music to exist in and epic situations compared to like even just the previous episode where you kind of just reuse and rework on the watermelon theme. You know, this is an entirely new situation, so there's nothing to reuse. And even, honestly, we didn't even have that many character motif repeats. Like when Lapis and Peridot and Bismuth all arrive, that's about as close as we get to hearing music we've heard before. But otherwise, like, it's all brand new and everything has its own context that requires being good. But uh, let's not ever doubt Ivy and Sarashu. They are incredible. They have been on, you know, Google's homepage several times for the <laughs> mm-hmm. Google Doodles. I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying they had help. Uh, maybe. I don't know. You know. We can tweet at them because they are super responsive. Oh, let's do that. Do we have a Lunar Ceasefire Twitter? Nope. Personal tweets. But we can always uh, shoot them somehow. Someone can. and uh, But, I mean, they, they do amazing work. Also, if anyone doesn't own their album, their original album they came out with before Steven Universe, the Black Box, you should really own that, like, immediately. Because I listen to those 10 songs over and over again every day, anytime <laughs> I'm working or doing homework, which is... You know, maybe I should get some new musical tastes, but <laughs> they're really good. So yeah, and I and I feel like it's really good to encourage buying Steven Universe merch and Steven Universe related stuff because I know a lot of us don't have access to cable and can't 
or, or Nielsen boxes, so we can't really watch the show in a way that matters. It's pronounced Nielsen, by the way. Nielsen. Nielsen. But I feel like buying the merch is a really concrete way to say that you support it. Yeah. And if you have the spare cash, definitely indulge yourself in some merch because they deserve it. All right, buy some episodes on Amazon, iTunes, Google, wherever you buy digital products. Yeah, buy the art book, buy the official merch. Like, it's fine if you have some mm-hmm. bootleg like Steven Universe, but make sure to get the official stuff, too, because that's what sends the money message. And they got some good stuff, especially at Hot Topic. Right? That's their mm-hmm. big thing. Steven Universe is half of Hot Topic right now. If you've ever walked by the yeah, store, right. like, half of yeah. is Hot Topic. It's all their buttons, half their t-shirts. See, we've taken up, we've take, finally taken Invader Zim's space. It took how many years <laughs> oh. for somebody to, to dethrone them? Yeah. <laughs> Deservedly. One day, we'll, Avian Sarashu will uproot my chemical romance. And we'll truly <laughs> there we take go. over <laughs> the Hot Topic crowd. But yeah, absolutely. Like, I can't stress this enough. Like, go on IMDb. Go on (laughs) all the online rating stuff. Like, tweet Cartoon Network up and down about how much you love Steven Universe because uh, maybe they'll hire more James Baxters to pop in. Like, (laughs) if the movie had even half the animation quality of that 30 seconds of Steven Fusion, like... I would just fall apart at the seams. Like, I would be so excited. Because, you know, the movies always have a higher animation quality than the shows that they're based off of, or vice versa. But if Cartoon Network really gets the message that people love the show and people want to give money to the show, they might be more willing to give it the budget it deserves. Well, I mean, it's not a theatrical release, so it's only going to be so high quality. Teen Titans Go was a theatrical release, yeah, but Teen Titans Go is like part of the DC comic universe, so that's it's got true. a little that, bit more that... marketability. Mm-hmm. Conglomerate. <laughs> I mean, that's been building for what eighty years now. Yeah, well, they're really trying to compete with Marvel, so just seventy-four more years of Steven, guns. so we can get there. Anyway, guys, before we wrap up, I do, I do want to leave you with this: Connie and Ronaldo. Have the same energy. You you remember from no because when, Connie isn't annoying. No, you remember from Reunited <laughs> when the cluster was coming out and Ronaldo was all ready to draw a sword and go for it. Like Ronaldo, no fear. Connie didn't need to be dragged back by her younger sibling. Yeah, she just had to have somebody you know <laughs> form a sword. Like I don't even want to know how many times bigger she's like, I got this. What do you have? What do you got exactly, Connie? There. She, she's got, like, two feet of sword. I mean, it's very sharp sword. Very durable sword. But, like, let the giant woman whose palm, one of her eight palms, you are a speck in. Just let her take care oh of that. Oh my god. The scene where they all climb onto the big ship's hands to kind of lay their case to White Diamond. And all the humans are, like, ants. Like, little specks just crawling on it. And then the shot afterward of just white ship just staring <laughs> blank eyed at the hands just was so funny in such like a tense moment. Oh, that was really good. Oh. But anyway, guys, that's been us on Change Your Mind. Until next week, I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. Leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. 
For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.